Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. God, welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. Hopefully you're doing good, having a great day, a great week. Amen. I've got a coffee here. I've got God's word open. It's a beautiful sunny day outside. It's, it kind of reminds me of the beach. Amen. It kind of has me thinking some beach weather is outside. Uh, all I'm missing is the waves, but uh, it's beautiful outside. It's just a great day to get into God's word. And to thank God for his faithfulness, Uh, you know, you go through hard times and and you oftentimes have to say, God, you know, Lord, help me get, get, get me out of this and so forth. And then you see a good day, you see a good time. You say, oh, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you so much. Showing forth gratitude and praise. And here we are in Genesis chapter three, and we're in a very interesting part of the scripture here. Uh, We're seeing the devil flat out lie in Genesis 3. I'll start from the beginning just for context. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. So that's Genesis 3, 4. That's what we talked about last episode. And then here we have, this is really interesting. The serpent goes on to lie. So first he says, you won't die. Then he says this, verse 5 of Genesis 3. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And that's our focus here, this lie of the devil. So first the devil says you won't die. And we've really, I think, authoritatively proved that they did die. Amen. Life proved that they did die. And they died probably a pretty horrific death because I don't know about you, but I don't like getting old day by day, even in a span of 60, 70, 80 years. I can't imagine getting old day by day in the span of 900 years. They died. Devil lied about that. And now here the devil is lying again, for God doth know. So now the devil is speaking on behalf of God, okay? He is saying, you know what? You'll be like God. This is the proposition that he, that he says. Okay, you'll be like God. And the temptation here is what? To be like God. And so we see here that, that you know what? Satan speaking for God, it, number one, is false, right? And number two is heresy. Like it's, you know, even the preacher doesn't speak on behalf of God. Literally, we're not, you know, the preacher can never say, oh, God says this to me through me. So listen to me. No, God says this and this through his word and listen to him, right? Preachers are simply pointing to God's word and asking folks to listen to him. And they're doing so on behalf of God. Yes, but never speaking as God. No, that's heresy. That's never, if you ever see that, you know, run as fast as you can. If people say they have some special uh, revelation from God themselves, or they are the voice of God that no, the voice of God is in the Bible. 
And we simply point to the Bible. And in the Bible, it clearly says that God stated, don't eat of this one tree. You can eat of everything else, but this one tree, don't eat of this tree. Right? And then Eve repeats it in Genesis 3. Like, look, we know the rules. Here are the rules. And then the devil says, oh, you won't surely die. Okay, that's lie number one. And then lie number two, your eyes will be opened and you'll be as God's knowing good and evil. Now, this is interesting because their eyes are opened and they will know good and evil. So that part is true. But when it says you'll be as God's, that's false because God is eternal. He never dies, right? And so they, being in a mortal flesh, didn't just all of a sudden become God in in the garden, okay? They actually became ashamed. They became human, sinful, frail, fragile. They became they became ill, if you will, because they, they became decaying. You know, at that point, death enters the picture and never leaves. And so we see here it is a partial lie, which is what the pervert always does. You know, he'll get in there. The liar, the thief will get in there to the congregation. He'll get in there and create a, a half truth, you know, and that's what the uh, world loves is these half truths, you know, oh, well, Jesus said to love your neighbor, right? And, and as, as a way to love sin, right? Oh, Jesus, he was, uh, he, he went with sinners. That doesn't mean he condones sin, but the devil will take that half truth and turn it into a full on perversion of doctrine because that's what Satan does. And what we see here is a fascinating thing in Genesis 3. Satan wants to be like God himself, and he's making that promise to Adam and Eve. And when we come back from the break, we're going to look at the text, which shows that Satan wants to be like God, and that's why he fell from heaven. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Amen. Okay, so we're right back here. And as promised, we are getting into the text that talks about Satan wanting to be like God, okay? Because he says to Adam and Eve, look, you'll be like God if you do this, you know? That's the promise. And it's so ironic and and really strange because that's what he wanted, of course, and he can never have it. Um, So now he's projecting his desires onto them. But you have Isaiah chapter 14, and this is an interesting piece of scripture that's technically addressing the prophet Isaiah is technically addressing the king of Babylon. Okay. But he's really speaking about Satan here. Uh, Verse four of Isaiah 14, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how hath the oppressor ceased the golden city ceased. Now, modern day Babylon is from what I understand it, a blown out area of Iraq where like nothing exists, nothing lives. Interestingly, you can read about what, you know, people have tried to do there and nothing ever prospers because that's scriptural, that's prophecy fulfilled. Uh, Saddam Hussein, I think, wanted to build a city there. It never worked out, et cetera, et cetera. But that, just because it's a field of rubble, as God would judge them and do that, doesn't mean that at that time it wasn't this magnificent city like L.A., New York, Hong Kong, London, all combined, that kind of thing. Just maybe not in size, but in terms of just luxury and innovation and scope and all these other things. It was a amazing place. As I understand it, it was absolutely um, the, the kind of pinnacle of the world at that time. And I, I'm not a biblical uh, historian. So I'm saying this just on my observation of what I read, but if you look up 
Babylon at its peak. It was pretty, pretty fantastic, pretty amazing. And now the Lord's saying it's going to be knocked out. Verse 5 of Isaiah 14, The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations in anger, is persecuted and none hindereth. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, no feller has come up against us. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It, is, it hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. And they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou, art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave and the noise of thy vials. The worm is spread under thee and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven? O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, everyone in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword, that go down to the stones of the pit, as a carcass trodden under feet. That is Isaiah verse, uh, chapter 14, verses 4 through 19. And we see here, very especially, verses 13 and 14. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Okay, so we see here that Lucifer, son of the morning, the fallen angel, the devil himself, who is the same spirit that is tempting Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. What's he saying? He's saying, you won't die. You surely wouldn't die. God knows that in the day that you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be open. You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You'll be as gods. Isn't that interesting? So the promise the serpent makes in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3 is the desire that got him kicked out of heaven, that got him cast down. And if you look into Isaiah 14, you see, that he has such an unceremonious de decline, such a sad departure, that people literally will look and be like, is that the devil? That little person down there that shook up all the kingdoms, that's just all locked up and all bound up and helpless and fully uh, brought low, fully covered in worms, fully decapitated and low and boring and nothing. That's the one that brought fear to us. That's the one that did all this. There was that great fall and Satan wanted to be like God. And here's the thing here that, you know, I was doing a little research on this verse to make sure I got it right. It's not bad to strive to be like God, right? We are supposed to 
be, you know, Christian means to be Christ-like. The Bible is a progressive revelation. We are to be more like Christ every day. So Christian growth is a good thing. Being God-like is a good thing. Being Christ-like is a good thing. None of that is bad. Inherently, it's what we're called to do, right? Jesus Christ calls us brothers, amen? We are to be like a brother to Christ. Yet to be as God, sovereign God. And how about these verses about being above God, to be above the clouds, to be above God, to be above him, to be above his throne? That is absolute lunacy. God is sovereign. There is one God, and he is the only God, and there are no other gods. He is Alpha and Omega. He is beginning and end. There is no one like him. He is, he's everything. You know? And so when we try to be like God in that sense, ruler God, we like to play God, that is, that is horrible. That is heretical. That is a death waiting to happen. That is defeat waiting to happen. Isaiah 44, 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. So Isaiah 44, 6 tells me beside me there is no God. And Satan is telling Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, you'll be as gods. Isn't that interesting? That there's a blatant lie being projected with some half-truths, because they did, they would have knowledge of good and evil. They did know they were ashamed. But there's a blatant lie being projected that Satan himself desired. And, you know, poetically, through this lie, he obtains the keys to the worldly kingdoms, which we see him offer Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness, that all these things, all these kingdoms, I'll give you power over all of them, which is, again, hysterical because Jesus has power over everything. He created everything. He doesn't need Satan to give him the keys. He What he did was he went ahead and fixed the curse by dying on the cross at Calvary. That's why we call Jesus the last Adam, because the first Adam entered into the curse, and the last Adam, Jesus Christ, fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the curse by dying on the cross at Calvary. So we see God is a sovereign God. God's an all-powerful God. We are not to be tricked with half-truths and half-lies and tempted. And we're going to talk about that temptation in the next episode. We're not to be tempted by the devil. He'll try to tempt us, but we can overcome temptation through quoting Scripture and being wise in the Scriptures like we are here today, understanding there is one God and He is all-powerful. And it is a big mistake to think we could ever be like Him in that regard. We can't. Amen. And we're so thankful that he allowed by grace and mercy for us to be saved through what Christ did on the cross at Calvary, breaking the devil's back once and for all. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.